You can create very robust animation with Unity's Mechanism system. In this tutorial, we're going to go through creating a functional scene with root motion and use several examples of advanced animation with Mechanism. This tutorial will assume you have some basic understanding of Unity and Mechanism. If you're brand new to animation in Unity, you may want to check out our Mechanism Basics Guide or Mixamo and Unity Overview tutorial. The information here is designed to be an example of some advanced uses of Mechanism. Designing good gameplay and creating logical transitions varies drastically between games, so use these as examples and customize them to suit your game. When preparing your character for Unity, it should be alone in the scene, modeled to scale, facing forward, and if humanoid, in a T-pose. Export the file as an FBX and then import that FBX into Unity. In the inspector, go to the Rig tab and change the rig type to humanoid or generic. If you're not sure which one to use, check out our Mechanism Animation Basics article. Have the import define a new avatar to create a definition of your character to use with Mechanism. Next, import your animations. Animations from Mixmo should be downloaded as separate FBX files in FBX for Unity format and with the option Skeleton Only turned on. This will ensure that you're only importing the animation data, not duplicates of your mesh. Import each FBX file into Unity. To configure animations, select the imported animation FBX files in the project view. In the Rig tab of the inspector, change the rig type to the same type that you used for the character. Set the avatar definition to copy from other avatar and select the avatar from your T-Pose import. No need to have the same definition of a skeleton for every import. Now you can configure each individual animation's properties. Select the animation and go to the Animation tab of the Inspector. For most animations, you'll want to bake into Pose for Transform Rotation, Position Y, and Position XZ. For looping animations, you'll also want to set them to loop here. These settings are going to depend exactly on what type of animation you're working with and the game you're designing. Use the Assets Create Animator Controller or right-click the project window to create a new animator controller. The animator controller is where we build our logic and state machines to control our characters. Mechanism is designed to work with both an animator controller and scripted input such as listening for key presses. We'll do this in a C-sharp script in this example. Create a new script and name it in a logical manner. Next, we'll set up a prefab of our character to reuse in different levels. It's often easiest to create a prefab of your character so you can quickly add it into new scenes. Generally, it's recommended to place a character into a container object so that you can have other associated items, weapons, effects, and cameras, all in one game object. Drag an instance of your camera from the project window into the scene. You'll notice that Unity has already assigned a component to the prefab called Animator. This is placed on by default for any humanoid or generic FBX imports. With your character in the scene selected, Use the inspector to assign the animator controller you created to the controller field of the animator component. This tells the animator where to get its instructions from. Create a new empty game object, game object create empty, and name it however you'd like to refer to your character's overall container object, such as player. In the hierarchy window, drag the character instance into the container object to make it a child of the container. Copy the animator component from the character and paste it onto the container game object, then remove the animator component from the character. This setup will allow us to use the animator to animate the character mesh and use root motion to move the entire container game object. 
add the controller script to the container object. You can do this through add components scripts to find an existing script or drag your script from the project window onto the inspector. If you want to create a basic follow cam, you can also drag the main camera from a new scene into the container prefab to make it a child. If you don't have a camera, you can create one via the menus by selecting Game Object, Create Other, Camera. On the container prefab, use the inspector to choose Add Components, Physics, Character Controller. The character controller is a way for us to add collision detection to our character, so they will come with some pre-made physics and will fall with gravity, won't walk through walls, and have other normal behavior. Before we turn this into a prefab, we also need to make sure it all lines up correctly. Select the container prefab and set its transform position to 0, 0, 0. Select the character mesh inside of the container and set its transform position to 0, 0, 0 as well. The pivot of the character should be at its feet and will now line up perfectly with the prefab container. Position the camera as you'd like to view the character. Mine is set to behind angle with a transform position of 0, 1.4, negative 2, and rotation of 13, 0, 0. The last step is to align our character controller with our character. Adjust the height and radius to fit the shape of your character and use the center to move the controller up to fit your character. You may also want to reduce the skin width, which will allow your character to get closer to the ground by reducing the padding between the controller and collision objects. Finally, to create the prefab, just drag the game object from the hierarchy to the project window. You can drag these prefabs into any scene and have a preset character ready to use. We're now ready to begin crafting animations. We'll be working primarily in the animator controller and the C-sharp control script. To edit the animator controller, select it and opening the window animator pane. The animator window will show a large grid area where we can construct animation states and transitions. To edit the C-sharp script, double click on the script in the project window to open Mono Develop, the script editor shipped with Unity. The first thing we want to do is let our character idle when not moving and walk when we begin moving. Let's first create the animation state. We'll be using a blend space for this. In the animator window, right click anywhere on the grid and select create from new blend tree. Use the inspector to name your state. This creates a new state and assigns it to be the default state. The default state is always in orange and will be the state that your animation starts out in. Double click on the state to view the blend tree. In order to control this blend tree, we'll need a new parameter. In the bottom left of the animator window, select the plus button in the parameters tab and create a new float parameter. I've named it vSpeed because it will control the vertical speed of the character in terms of axes. In the inspector, click the plus button in the motion list and select add motion field. Drag the idle and walking animations to the fields. By default, the automated thresholds option will be on or if you manually set it, set the idle to be zero and walking to one. As you drag the parameter slider in the blend tree, you can see in the preview window that Unity is blending between the idle and the walk. Now we just need to pass in control of that float via input instead of manually dragging the slider. Double click your script in the project window to edit it. There are three things we need to do. First, we need a variable to hold the animator component so we can talk to it and send instructions. We'll do this by defining a new variable. 
In my example, I made it private because I'm only using one script and named it myAnimator. Second, inside the start method, we need to get a reference to the animator. We could have multiple animated characters, so we need to know which one we're talking to. We have the script attached to the same object as our animator, so we can use the getComponent method to find the animator on the same object. Finally, we need to set vSpeedFloat based on user input. In this example, I'll use getAxis, which Unity uses to refer to WASD, arrow keys, or joystick input. We can use getAxis, which returns a float locked between negative 1 and 1, to set vSpeed. 0 will be no input, and 1 will be forward, the W key, up arrow, or joystick up. As the joystick W or up arrow is pressed, vSpeed will increase and the animation will transition from idle to walk. So you can see what we're setting the float vSpeed located in my animator to be equal to the float value of getAxis. When I press play, if I push the W button or the up arrow, or if I had a joystick and used that, the character will transition from idle to walk. You can add more than two animations to a single blend tree. For example, if I had a walking backwards animation, I could set that to be the negative one threshold in the blend tree, and then the S key, down arrow, or joystick down would cause my character to walk backwards without adding any extra code. We also have some strafing animations we want to add. Let's put them on in a different fashion by creating an individual state for each strafing animation. For this, we can drag the animation directly from our project window onto the animator grid to create a new state. Let's also create a new parameter called hSpeed for horizontal speed. To create the actual transition, we're going to right-click on the idle walk blend tree, select Make Transition, and then click on the state we want to transition into. The transition will be shown by a small white arrow between the states. Each transition has rules for when it is allowed to occur. The default transition is exit time. That means that as soon as the current animation is done playing, it will transition into the next. We don't want to automatically transition, so instead we're going to transition based on our hSpeed parameter. Click on the transition arrow, and the inspector will show some additional information. Towards the bottom, you'll see an area called conditions. These conditions must be met in order for the animation to transition from its current state into the target state. Change the condition from exit time to hSpeed. For this particular transition, we want hSpeed to be less than negative 0.1 because getAxis uses negative 1 as left, 0 as neutral, and 1 as right. Then, from the strafe, we want to return to idle walk when hSpeed is greater than negative 0.1, which is 0, idle. We'll set up similar transitions to the right strafing state. In total, our transitions are from idle to left strafe, from left strafe to idle, from idle to right strafe, and from right strafe to idle. Now all we need to do is pass in the hSpeed value via our script. Open the C-sharp script again and add a line very similar to the one we used for vSpeed. We're going to set the hSpeed float of my animator to the value of input get access, but this time using horizontal instead of vertical. Again, pressing play, we can test this and use the A, D keys, or right, left arrows to have our character strafe. There may be an animation you want to be able to occur at any point in time, no matter what the current state is. Death is a great example. If the player is attacking, idling, or dancing, we want them to die when they're supposed to. 
Unity provides a state called any state. Any animation that transitions from any state is essentially transitioning from any and all states. We'll create a jump animation that lets the character jump, whether idling, walking, or strafing. First, drag the jump animation onto the animator grid to create a new jump state. We also need a new parameter. This time we'll use a boolean called jumping. A boolean is essentially a true or false statement, yes or no. We want to transition from any state when jumping is true. Create a transition between any state and jump and use the inspector to change the condition from exit time to jumping is true. We also need to transition out of jumping back to idle walk. Create a transition from jump to idle and leave the condition to exit time. This is because we want to exit jump as soon as the jump animation is over. The last thing to do is add the jump controls to our script. This is just a few steps. First, we need to listen for input. We're going to use input get button down jump to listen for when the jump button is pressed. Unity defines jump as spacebar for PC. Inside the brackets, we'll create the code we want to trigger when that jump button is pressed. We want to set the animator jumping boolean to be true. We also then want to wait a second and set the jumping boolean back to false so we don't constantly transition into jump. We can use an invoke for this. An invoke calls another method after a specified time. We then need to create a stop jumping method. All that method will do is set the boolean jumping back to false. Now when we press play, we can press the spacebar to trigger a jump. The jump will finish and then transition back to idle walk. You can trigger a jump from anywhere, strafing, idle, walking, because it's connected to the any state. This method will work if you're not allowed to jump off of cliffs, but for more advanced jumping and falling, you'll want multiple animations like a jump start, falling loop, jump land, and want to base the falling and landing states whether you're currently grounded or not. You can combine conditions in your script with conditions in your animator to create animations that will fire only under very specific conditions. For example, we have some turning animations, but they're in place turning, so we only want to use it if the character is standing still. First, let's add the animations to the animator as two new states, left turn and right turn, and add two new conditions. We'll make these Boolean parameters called turning left and turning right. Next, let's add our transitions. This is pretty straightforward. We want to transition to turn left only if we are currently standing still, so it has to be from idle walk, and only if turning left is true. When it's false, we'll go back to idle walk. Same for turning right. In total, our transitions are from idle walk to left turn, from left turn to idle walk, from idle walk to right turn, and from right turn to idle walk. Back in our script, we now need to listen for some additional input. I'm going to manually assign the input to be the Q and E keys since I'm on a PC. When those buttons are pressed and released, we'll toggle turning left and turning right respectively to be true and false. We'll start with finding the input using input get key Q. Get key means that while this key is held down as opposed to when this key is initially depressed, which is get key down. We also want to check if we're moving. So since we're using the get axis to control movement, we can check to see if horizontal and vertical axis are currently zero. If Q is pressed and both vertical and horizontal movement are zero, then we'll set turning left to be true. 
We also want to add an else statement right after the check for the Q key. When Q key is not being held down, we want turning left to be false. Pressing play will have our character transition to a turn animation, but only if we're standing still when we press the Q and E keys. If you're using the animations provided in the demo, you may notice that the turning animation isn't actually turning the character. These particular turns don't include root motion. So far, all of our character movement has been handled completely by the animations driving the game object, but there may be times your animation doesn't have root motion or you specifically want to control the motion of the character through code. We're going to add a procedural turn to our character that will let them actually turn while the turn animation is playing and allow them to turn while walking. This is actually very simple. As long as Q or E is pressed, we want to rotate our current game object. Since we already have a check for the Q and E buttons being pressed, we can nest the rotational code right in there. To rotate, we'll just tell our transform to move over time. You can use different float values to change the speed of rotation and different vector three directionals to change the direction you're rotating. The final result is that if we push Q or E while standing still, our turning animations will play and we will turn, but we can also now press Q or E while walking and our walk will turn. If you don't have every single variation of animation you need or need to add your own additional procedural motion on top of an animation, this is a great way to do it. Sometimes you may have a completely separate animation set that you want to have in their own animation logic. An example could be a sneaking mode. In sneaking mode, you might have separate locomotion, additional abilities like stealing or stealth kills. Substate machines will let you create a new grid area with its own logic. We're going to use substate machine to add a few actions to our character. To create a substate machine, right click anywhere on the animator grid and select create substate machine. In the inspector, give the substate machine a name. I'm calling it actions. Substate machines are represented by a hexagonal blue state. We also want to create a new parameter. I'm going to use an int called current action. Booleans can get overwhelming when you have a lot of actions, so I can use an int as an identifier for each action in the action state machine. You can double click on the substate machine to enter the substate. Here we're going to create a new state by dragging our Gangnam Style Dance into the grid. To create a transition to a state inside of a substate machine, click on the state you want to transition from, then click on the substate machine. From the list, select the state you want to transition into. We're using the current action integer to define what action is currently being performed. Zero will be no action, so one will be our first action, the dance. Therefore, our transition should be from idle walk to Gangnam Style if current action is one. Similarly, we want to transition out of the dance when current action is back to zero. This is going to create a toggle effect where we can start and stop dancing. We'll also need to script that toggle. We'll use the input get key down to check for a key press. I'm using the one key. When the button is pressed, we're going to check the state of that action to be sure no action is being taken. So if the current action is none or zero, flip it to current action is dance or one. If the action is dance, we'll flip it to none. The effect is that if we press 1, we will begin dancing. I've imported the dance animation as a looping animation, so it will continue to dance indefinitely until we press 1 a second time, creating a toggle. We're going to combine several of the previous ideas to create a kneeling toggle. 
This will use a three-part animation, the idea of toggles, conditional transitions, exit time transitions, and the integer-based index of actions. First, let's add all three animations to the action substate machine as three new states. These are kneeling down, coming from a stand into a kneeling position, kneeling idle, which is a looping animation in the kneeling pose, and kneeling stand, which is rising from the kneeling position back into a standing pose. We want to use a combination of techniques here. We're going to transition from idle walk on the base layer into kneeling down when current action is equal to two. Make sure you check the inspector for what transition you're editing, as the idle walk currently has two transitions into the action substate machine. As soon as the kneeling down animation has finished, we want it to transition into kneeling idle. So the total list of transitions we want is idle to kneeling down if current action is two, kneeling down to kneeling idle on exit time, kneeling idle to kneeling stand if current action is zero, and kneeling stand to idle walk on exit time. The last thing to do is add the code to check for the action two toggle. This is identical to our check for action one, just a different key. The effect is similar to the dance toggle, but we now play these transition animations that give you a seamless loop. We'll stay at the kneeling idle loop until we toggle it off, and then we'll play the kneeling stand transition animation and return seamlessly to standing. You can also have multiple layers of animation that affect the layers beneath them. We're going to use a layer to create a wave animation that only plays on the upper body and can be played anytime, overriding any animation on the base layer. The first thing we'll need is an avatar mask. You can create an avatar mask using assets, create, avatar body mask, or skeleton mask. Skeleton mask is based off of bones. For the avatar body mask, use the inspector to click the parts you want to mask. Green areas will be affected by animation, while red areas will not. I chose to make a mask that had one arm with animation and one without. Back in our animator, create a new layer. I've named it upper body. Assign the human mask to the avatar mask we created and set the blending mode to override. Override will replace the animation on the lower layers while additive will add the animations together. Additive can be pretty unpredictable unless you're an advanced animator. The new layer has an empty state machine. First, let's create an empty state by right-clicking the grid and selecting create state empty and name it empty. Let's also drag our wave animation into the grid. The reason for having an empty animation is because sometimes we need a way for this layer to not be playing the wave animation. So by default, we'll start in an empty state, which has no animation to override the lower layers, and lets them play as normal. Our transitions are fairly simple here. We'll use our actions indexing integer, so we want to transition to the wave animation when current action is 3. The wave isn't looping, so we'll transition out based on exit time. Now we'll add the code to trigger the wave. This is similar to some other things we've done. Instead of using get key, we're going to use get key down and get key up. Get key down triggers when a key is depressed and get key up is triggered when it's released. We'll first listen to the action key three to be pressed and set the current action parameter to three to trigger the animation. We'll also need to set the weight of the layer. By default, every layer is zero even if you use the slider in the animator, and needs to be set through code. Setting layer weight is done by layer index, with the base layer index being zero, rather than by name, 
So we're going to set layer 1 to a weight of 1F. Finally, we'll also set the action back to 0 as soon as the key is released. The final effect is that we can walk and press the 3 to play a wave animation that only affects the upper body. Because of the avatar mask, you can see one arm waving while the other continues to swing in a natural walk fashion. We can't wait to see what you make with Mixamo. Visit us at the Mixamo community where you can find other tutorials, ask questions in the forums, and vote on future product ideas. Check out our blog to stay up to date on the latest developments and upcoming releases. And follow us on social media to get inspired with quick tips and industry news.